Kids K Productions Unplugged, a podcast by the kids for the kids. This podcast's intention is to connect and share with honesty. Please be mindful that content may unintentionally trigger psychological symptoms. If this podcast begins to upset you, then we advise you to stop listening and seek support. If you do not have support, please call the suicide hotline at 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-TALK. Keep on pushing through Cause I get up And I may fall right back down But you love lifts me back to solid ground Yeah, I get up and I Hello and welcome back. So today, I'm going to be talking about how words impact our self-view. So this was a requested topic, and I um, felt very connected to it because I struggle with having people, um, like I need people to tell me that I'm doing something right, or that they appreciate it or something, because that makes me feel better about myself. Um, so, the way we talk to ourselves and the way we talk to other people really can leave an imprint on, like, how that person acts, how you act, how you feel about yourself, how they feel about themselves, and the thing that people don't really understand is that words have a lot of power. And as, you know, a lot of people say, well, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words don't hurt me. That is kind of the opposite. Um, Words really hurt, hurt. I feel like words can hurt more than something physical. And I guess that's... I'm saying that because I've been through both, so. But, um, if you get punched in the face, then, you know, you get punched in the face and your your bruise is going to heal and you're still going to be angry at that person and mad, but they just punched your face, whereas if someone told you that you were worthless and unlovable, then that comment's going to stick with you and every time you think about um, if you're worthy, if you're deserving, if someone's gonna love you, um, every time you think about, you know, what kind of clothes you want, and, um, who you would want to talk to, be friends with, want to date, those words are gonna come back every single time, and it's always gonna be, oh, well, I'm worthless, so I don't deserve to have these friends, and I'm unlovable, so I, like, no one's gonna want me, and, those, like, words stick with you for a lot longer than just something physical. And not a lot of people really realize how much power words have. So, a lot of the time, we have a lot of... We have a lot of self-judgment. I have a lot of self-judgment. My goodness, if you know me, you know I judge myself all the time, which is something that I, I do have to work on a lot. And whenever 
I do something, I constantly have to judge myself on, did I do better than that person? Did I do better than that person? Could I have done this better? Like, you know, so I'm constantly judging myself. And then if I judge myself and then I get mad at myself for judging myself, so then I judge myself again for being mad at judging myself. So, um, a lot of things that we need to work on, um, is to stop judging ourselves and stop judging other people. And, um, uh, you know, lots of people can be bullied where, you know, someone took away, like, stole their book or something. And yeah, that hurts a lot. But when you're bullied in a way with words, I just, it hurts so much more. And, um, I guess what I struggled with my uh, entire life is that no one ever called me, um, I never had, like, a man call me pretty. Like, I never had my father ever call me pretty or beautiful, um, or special or anything like that. Which is commonly referred to as daddy issues, obviously. Um, but, like, the fact that he never said that to me means that I never believed it myself. So it was really hard for me to believe that I'm pretty and I'm special and I'm deserving of someone's love and everything because I never had a man telling me that, yeah, you are deserving of someone's love and, yeah, you are pretty. Like, and no one um, had ever really told me that. And, um, I guess it's just when people, like, like, when I was driven to want to kill myself, it was not because, I mean, it was, yeah, kind of because, you know, there had been, like, some physical abuse and stuff, but the really, the things that stuck with me and the things I remember for years and years and years is when my dad's girlfriend called me fat, when, um, I had, um, a kid at school tell me that, you know, I was, I look like a man, when I had, um, someone make fun of me saying that I was in, like, um, I was, like, you know, 15 in, like, fifth grade because I had hit puberty faster than everyone else. So, like, those, like, I, I remember who said them, and I can remember when they were said to me, and the words stuck with me more than any of the physical actions really did, because I can remember, you know, telling people, like, people telling me that, like, oh, you're too tall, like, you know, no one's gonna love you if you're tall, and, you know, no, you're never gonna find a man that's gonna want you because you're gonna be taller than them. Like, I remember all of those, and the thing that, like, the, the words that stuck with me forever, and I, to, to this day, like, I struggle, um, with this is, um, when I, my dad called me mentally ill, and, um, he said it's because I was mentally ill and I was incapable about making my own decisions, and 
it was over the case because I wanted to be baptized. Um, just because, you know, I'm a Christian and I felt like I was ready, um, to commit myself to God. And my dad said that I was mentally ill and therefore did not have the, um, I guess mental capacity to decide things for myself because I had, I have depression, anxiety, PTSD, and, um, you know, suicidal ideation, so he, he said that I was mentally ill, which, um, I mean, his words were, you were mentally ill and incapable of making a decision for yourself, and it's been, what, like, two or three years? I remember those words, and I question myself every single time I make a decision, and every single time that I get close to someone and every single time that, you know, um, someone tries to be my friend, every time someone tries to ask me out, every time I'm, like, writing a blog and deciding whether it's, like, good or not, um, I mean, basic things of, like, deciding, you know, what I should wear and stuff, and, and every time I, you know, I do that, I just, those words echo in the back of my mind. Like, you're mentally ill, you can't make this decision for yourself. So, I mean, I'm um, looking at cars, and I kind of sat down and just, like, stopped in the midst of it being like, oh, I'm mentally ill, I can't make this decision, like, someone else is gonna have to think this for me, which is completely untrue. So, um, words, words have a lot of power, and people don't recognize how much power that they really have, and, you know having my dad call me mentally ill, um, is something that stuck with me. What another thing, like, another thing that keeps, you know, that sticks with people and that you should think before you speak is the words, like, whore, slut, skank, player. Like, when you tell, when you call someone that, that will stick with them. And it could be joke, it can, like, be a joke, it can be for fun, um, it can be because you're mad at them, and, um, I did this video with Talia that really touches on this subject more, but those kind of words will stick with a person, and then that person will start defining themselves by those words. And the thing is that the way you talk, um, the way you talk to yourself is the way you love yourself, and your self-talk can be kind or it can be cruel. And the thing is that, you know, being able to um, know who you are and know that I am enough, and you have to be able to tell yourself that. And if you constantly tell yourself, like, I'm a failure and I'm never going to live up to my my mom's expectations or whatever, then that's, that's what's going to happen. So um, if you're going to say, well, that's not true, that motivates me, I'm... I got you. I did a um, Google search, and anyway, I found this analysis um, that some um, that some psycho psychologist studies did a few years ago, and they um, ana they analyzed thirty two um, like thirty two um, there's like thirty two studies done on it. But anyway, um, so they um, focused on tennis players, and they basically just watched 
tennis games. And if a tennis player talked out loud to themselves, and after they lo- after they were like losing a point, and they said to themselves, "I know who I am, and I am enough, and I can do it," then those those people won, and nine out of ten times. So the power of self talk and positive self talk works a lot better than negative self talk, and. Um, I think that I think people need to really change about your talk and it's really hard. It's really difficult, but it's possible. And a way that you can, I mean, the way that you can feel better about yourself. And I mean, while I was in the hospital, this is like the, you know, we had to do a therapy group like three times a day. It sucked. But every time we went into the therapy group, it was, you cannot judge yourself and you have to change your words and I still have to do it in my Tuesday therapy group every time. And every time we make a self-judgment, we have to find a way to rephrase it. And the words that we have to rephrase rephrase are with are I can't by I will, I have to by I want to, and I should by I choose to. So every single time. Um, if you have a negative thought, you don't want to judge yourself for having the negative thought. If you call yourself a negative thing, don't judge yourself for calling yourself the negative thing. Just think that thought again. So if you say, like, I am really fat, then you need to rephrase it to, I am beautiful just the way I am. You know, just being able to rephrase things so it isn't a judgment. And it's okay if you want to, like, I mean, it's fine if you want to work out, if you want to get better grades, if you want to become better at sport and, you know, like, you can still work at things. And if you want to change something, you can still do that. But it's the fact of saying that you have to accept yourself who you are for every single stage through whatever is happening. And I think that um, people have to build up is obviously the resilience. And the part that you know, you can go through life and be like, yeah, nothing hurts me, nothing hurts me. Except that it all hurts you. Unless you're able to love yourself enough that you know that you're enough all the time. And to do that, the thing you have to do is be able to talk to yourself positively. And something that you need to remember is that um, it's always okay to be broken. Because it's okay because broken parts mend. So... You can positively tell yourself, like, I am worth it even though I'm broken. And you need to tell yourself to be present and mindful in the moment right now. And control the way that you respond to the behavior of others. So you cannot control their behavior, you can only control your behavior. A lot of people can't seem to accept this, but it's true. The way that you respond can change the outcome of a situation. And the thing that you need to really tell yourself over and over is I'm grateful for the life I have. So, you know, if you want to know the impact of words, then, um, you know, we watch movies and stuff all the time. And, you know, I guess some people cry during movies. I don't cry during movies. And, you know, sometimes you feel like a movie is, like, really cool, whatever. Um, But, like, we read books. 
And the reason that we read books is because those words have more power. Um, for example, in ELA, we were reading Night, and it was about the Holocaust. And yeah, we can watch all these educational videos on the Holocaust or whatever, but like, when we read that book, and you know, you got the perspective of exactly what this kid was going through and seeing and how he felt. And as much as I can watch a Holocaust video and be like, oh my gosh, that sucked. I was so mentally impacted by the book more than I ever was by watching any video. And so there's like, I can name so many books. I love to read. I can name so many books that have impacted me you know, and that those words stick with me, I, I mean, the only movie that I would say that's ever really impacted with me and, like, stuck with me and was something that, you know, like, it sticks with me for a really long time is The Perks of Being a Wallflower. But other than that, I can't, like, I can name a thousand books that have, like, you know, made me different and changed who I am today but I can't name that many movies to do and it's just because whenever you read a book it's you're you're closer to what someone is saying and the words that they say is they, they change the phrasing and tone and we we study the language of how people write and everything because the words that people say have so much more emotion and impact than watching something and the thing that, you know, you can be, you can say, obviously, anything you want. The thing that you need to remember, though, is that you need to be careful with your words. Because once they're said, they can only be forgiven and not forgotten. And a lot of people go, you know, especially in relationships and arguments with their friends and stuff, they go, like... You know, I hate you, I don't love you, you know, and then they go back and they're just like, I'm sorry, like, I never should have said that, and what my view is on people saying I'm sorry is um, this analogy that I actually read about the other day, and if you had a glass plate and you dropped it on the floor, what would do? It would break. It would break into a ton of pieces. And now, if you look at that plate on the floor and you say, sorry, does the plate suddenly heal and mend back together? No. So, that's something that you really need to remember about your words, is that, you know, as much as you can say sorry, you still said it, that still impacted someone, and they're still, like, having to heal from it. Um, and especially prominent within improv is you do have to choose the phrasing of your words and that the impact of what you say has on other people um especially within a scene especially when you're talking to a different like to crowds and it's just the way that you can word something as in your scene you're just like yeah let's go to the beach then like your scene partner and you are excited to go to the beach are you like, nah, I hate the beach. And then you hate the beach. So in order to avoid those conflicts in improv, we always say yes and to every single idea. It's always yes and. And we never reject ideas. And 
through that, it has kind of taught me more to stop thinking of things in such a negative way. Like, if my mom says, you have to go clean the dishes, instead of me getting up and being like, nah, I do not want to clean the dishes, I'm very mad about this, I go, okay, yes, and this might not make me super happy, but I'm gonna go do it. So it's just changing the neural connections to be able to say a positive thing, and no matter where you are, and being able to say, you know, yes, and, instead of making it a negative situation. Anyway, thank you for listening to me, um, I guess, have a very long talk about words, but it's really important to me. Anyway, in the next few weeks, please tune in to listen to our next episode. Thank you. Back down, but you loveless me back to solid ground. Yeah, I get up. This week's podcast is sponsored by Kids K Productions. Kids K Productions offers before, during, and after school workshops, assemblies, out of school time camps, and private coaching. Visit kidskproductions.com. Their coupon code is KSP Podcast. That's KSP Podcast. All together, no spaces. To save 15% on all of their classes and camps. Thank you for listening to Kidscape Unplugged. Like, share, and subscribe. You can always reach out to us at kidscapeproductions.com. Stay tuned for our next podcast in two weeks. I must keep pushing through Yeah, I get up